How do dreamers, thought leaders, paradigm shifters change the world? They have to ask themselves this one question. Am I willing to chase my dreams? If you want to know how to push the boundaries of your influence, impact the world, and live out your God-given dreams, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to the Passion and Prestige podcast. I am your host, world changer, dream chaser, and all-around nice guy, Teron Nolan. I am so glad you are here with us today because today we are talking about compassion. Compassion is so, so important. It is stepping into the pain of others. So, let's talk about it. They just want to knock you off the top, but I ain't going to drop till I say so, till I say so, because I say so. There is nothing more frightening to a child than getting lost and separated from your parents. As a child, I couldn't understand why my mom and dad were so adamant about me staying right by them. They would usually say things like, make sure that we can see you at all times, or stay close, or you can't sneak off and just go look at the Ninja Turtles. I always hated feeling like I was tethered to my parents. I wanted to be free free to explore the rows and rows of toys inside of Sears. For those of you born after 1993, let me explain to you what Sears was like. Imagine a physical store, kind of like Amazon, but, you know, one you could actually walk into. Each floor was like being transported to a different world. If you needed to visit the world of lawn care, you would travel down the magical stairs to the bottom floor. Let's say you needed to buy a new bed. The magical stairs would take you up to the second floor. But my favorite was the elevator ride up to the third floor. That was Toyland. Toyland was so big that I actually heard of a story where a kid spent all night stuck in Toyland and still didn't see everything. Every time we went to Sears, all I wanted to do was spend all of my time in Toyland. On one of our weekly visits to Sears, my parents were in more of a rush than usual. My little legs were tired of walking through the linen and undergarment nation. I just wanted to see the toys. I never understood how absolutely embarrassing a tantrum is for a parent until I became a parent. It's funny how that works. But that day, I knew I had to dig deep and bring out the big guns. As a child, I was the Shakespeare of tantrums. I knew the exact pitch and frequency of crying that would overwhelm my mom and make her do just about anything to shut me up. That day, I was feeling really brave. You see, I was going to try a new technique I saw my friend Adrian use on his mom. We called it the flying shoe. At the right moment, I would start to whine. Once I saw my mom's weight shift, then I would hit her with the flop. 
I would fall straight on the ground, almost as if all the bones in my body turned to jello. Once the flop was executed precisely, then it was time for the grand finale, the flying shoe. Now, warning to any kids that may be listening who are at the prime tantrum age. The flying shoe has a 50% success rate, which means it's either going to work perfectly or it's going to leave you in a world of pain. But I knew the risk, and Toyland was slipping further and further away fast. Like a person who had just been set on fire, I rolled to the left and then rolled to the right, all the while maintaining eye contact on my mom. She was not budging. But in that split moment, a moment I wish I could take back, I flipped the switch and launched my left shoe into the air. Now, because this was my first time using this sacred technique, and because Adrian didn't give me the full breakdown about the amount of strength and velocity I should apply, my little size 3 Ninja Turtle shoe flew off of my foot and smacked right into my mother's cheek. (gasps) Cut. Wrap it up. We're done. If this was a movie set, all the lights would have faded to black and the cast and crew would have exited stage left. My mom was furious. All my Shakespearean tantruming left me. I was six years old and became the youngest actor to be forced to retire that day. If my mom could have, she would have burnt toy land to the ground. Needless to say, I was in big trouble. To this day, I don't know why I did what I did. Maybe it was because I knew my life was over or I just wanted to gaze upon Michelangelo and Donatello one last time. Whatever it was, it motivated me to do one of the dumbest things I have ever done. Right as my mother, sister, and father walked into the elevator, my six-year-old brain snapped and I broke free from my mom's grasp, slipped right past the closing elevator, and sprinted to Toyland. Just as the elevator doors closed, I saw my mom's face change from rage to absolute panic. I was too young to understand how elevators worked. I thought it would just wait for me, but it didn't. Once those doors shut, They would not open until it hit the first floor. This was a major design flaw and one that would be corrected shortly after my experience. I like to think that I'm responsible for overhauling the elevator safety codes in America. You're welcome. I was lost without anyone who loved me. I was all alone. The night was hot. One of those Central Valley summer nights. The nights when everyone is out front at 9 p.m. because that's the only time the heat is somewhat bearable. My wife and I were watching our young kids run up and down the sidewalk with their neighborhood friends. I love nights like these. Something about seeing my kids playing outside always takes me back to my childhood. The night was getting late, and I could see that my children were starting to fade. 
So we were about to go inside when all of a sudden we saw an elderly woman in her mid-70s, maybe 80s, walking through our neighborhood. This woman was unfamiliar and looked like she was lost. Now, I instantly knew that something was not right. It was late, it was dark, and it was hot. This woman was lost. After 10 minutes of speaking with the woman, it was clear she was suffering from memory loss and couldn't remember her name, her daughter's phone number, or where she had come from. Now take a moment to step into her shoes. She was all alone without any recollection of where she was or where she was going. She had the words to explain her frightening situation, but she couldn't remember how to use them. It was as if her lifetime of memories was a puzzle whose pieces had been scattered and lost. What do I do? Who do I call? These were the only thoughts racing through my mind. As I ran to get my cell phone, the older woman, full of fear and confusion, walked off our porch and directly towards the busy street. Something in her mind began to fire as she saw the neon sign across the street that read laundry. She became frantic and determined to cross the middle of a busy street and get to that laundromat. Life is funny sometimes. You see, earlier that day, I was supposed to do laundry. And it just so happened that I had a $1.50 worth of quarters in my pocket. I had to think fast as we were quickly approaching the rushing traffic. I said a quick prayer, God, please don't let this woman get hurt. I reached in my pocket and pulled out six quarters. I held them up to her and said, I didn't bring enough money for laundry. If we go back, I can get some more for us. In what can only be contributed to God's goodness, the woman stopped and looked deep into my eyes, almost as if she recognized me from a past memory. Okay, let's go back, she said. Now remember how I said life is funny. As soon as we started walking back, a white Honda Civic van pulled up beside us. A woman with the same face as the older woman, except 30 years younger, jumped out of the car and ran to us. She was weeping and kept repeating, Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! You're safe! Thank you, sir. Thank you for showing compassion to my mother. She walked out of our house as we were eating dinner. She has full-blown dementia. I I I can't believe she walked this far. We have been looking for her for hours. I'm all alone. I have no clue where my parents are, and I'm afraid. I started to cry as I stood in the middle of Toyland. No amount of G.I. Joes, Ninja Turtles, or Nerf guns could comfort me. I just wanted my mama. At that moment, a giant man, the color of chocolate and wearing a jacket with the letters UPS on the front, knelt down and asked me if I was lost. I just stared at his dark brown eyes, frozen in fear. The giant man reached out his huge hand and waited patiently for me to put my hand in his. 
My mind was racing, trying to figure out if this man was friend or foe. He's a hero, come to save me, I thought. But Peashot wasn't having that. Are you kidding? He's a bad man. No hero looks like him. Superman doesn't look like him. He doesn't even have straight hair, fair skin, or blue eyes. Come on. He's no hero. He's a bad man. Peashot usually kept me safe when I was scared, so maybe, maybe he was right, but, but no, no, this man wants to help. What felt like an hour conversation back and forth with my mind happened in a split second. I had made my decision. I wasn't going to listen to Peashot. I was going to trust my six-year-old gut and go with the giant chocolate man. He led me to the security station and waited with me until my mom came running through the door. My mom gave me the biggest hug ever. She held me for what seemed like years. We were both crying tears of joy and tears of pain. Just then, I remembered my giant chocolate hero. I turned to try to find him, but he was gone. I never got a chance to thank that man. But sir... If you are listening, thank you for showing me compassion when you could have just told me. And thank you for redefining what a hero looks like. Compassion is defined as a concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. You see, compassion is not just a word or a concept. It's a way of being. It's love in action. One of the best examples of compassion to me is the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. The woman was all alone, neglected and rejected by those who were supposed to love her the most. She was an outsider and deemed unworthy of basic dignity. She was walking through life lost and alone until an unlikely hero came along and offered his hand of compassion. The lady was restored, found, and no longer lived in the land of fear and regret. You see, compassion is powerful, like a tower that looks over the seas and brings life wrapped in light. On a dark day, it brings sight to the blind, A kind word can carry for miles, but binding the wounds and scars of others can go much further. Carry on compassion. And imagine stepping into the tragedy of what's happened to another. That is compassion. To look beyond your own pain and see the pain of others, sisters and brothers, fathers and mothers, we all get lost at times. But thank God for those who will take the time to help us find our way back home. Thank you for compassion. Now I'm going to end this episode with these powerful, powerful words. Chase your dreams until the dreams you chased become reality. Go change the world. And remember, make compassion something that you seek 
to do every single day. So now that you're part of the Passion and Prestige tribe, I want to know what you think. I love hearing from my listeners. So if you wouldn't mind taking a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and tag us at Passion and Prestige on Instagram. And don't forget to go into your podcast app, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review and a five-star rating. This helps us reach way more people. Passion and Prestige Tribe, thank you so much. I will see you next week. And remember, chase your dreams until the dreams you chased become reality. Go change the world. They just want to knock you off the top. But I ain't going to drop till I say so. Till I say so. Because I say.